Father, I come to you right now, Lord, just asking that you would have your way over this message and in the service today, Lord. I ask that you would guide me and lead me, Lord, as I open my mouth, Lord. I ask that the Holy Spirit would speak for me, Lord. I ask that I would move myself aside, Lord, and every word that you want spoken, Lord, I ask that it would come forth, Lord. In the name of Jesus, have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I know y'all have heard Happy Mother's Day probably five times already. So I'm going to say Happy Mother's Day again. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you be beautiful women. Proverbs 31:29. I said it yesterday. Many women have done excellent, but you excel them all. And I just got to brag about yesterday. We had an awesome time yesterday. If you missed yesterday, you missed the treat. If you missed yesterday, I do have some extra bags for the mothers, but we had an awesome time yesterday. Um, it was more than what I expected, but I thank God. I praise the Lord for the time that we had on yesterday. Um, Dominique and my sister-in-law, Terry, came in and just set the place up like we were having a reception or some type of ball, and it was just beautiful in here yesterday. We had a beautiful time. The setup and the takedown, thank you for everybody that helped with uh, setting up and taking down. It was a lot of work. And for those ladies that know about uh, hair, so I have not had a relaxer. It's been three years in December, and I went and got my hair blowed out, and. Um, pressed out on Friday and so moving stuff around uh, Friday when I got here to set up and then yesterday after we left I mean my stuff was like blowed up really puffed up and um, I looked like uh, James Brown um, picture when he went yeah it was a mess but I had to go and straighten it out a little bit <laughs> But I thank God for you ladies, and I thank God for um, the time we had on yesterday. So um, I'm going to go ahead and start in the message. So today's title of the message is Thou Shall Never Thirst. So the song just said that many are searching. Many are searching. And in this life, we search for many different things. We thirst and uh, search for many different things, but the Bible tells us that we should hunger and thirst after righteousness, and we should never hunger and thirst after anything but God, and so uh, thou shall never thirst, and so I'm going to read scripture. If you'll bear with me, if you have your Bibles, turn with me in uh, John 4, 1 through 30. I'm going to read through the scripture, and if you can just go with me. And it's not on the um, screen, but I'll go back to it, and you'll see it on the screen as I journey through the message. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he, would be, that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize, his, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. 
he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan. Sorry. And I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking with, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But, sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer us better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here again to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you're not even married to the one you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim where the ancestors worship? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Just then the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to the woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, why do you, what do you want with her and why are you talking to her? The woman left her jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Thou shall never thirst. Thou shall never thirst. We were not intended to thirst after anything on this earth. God did not create us to thirst after anything. And so as I prepare for this message, he says that thou shall never thirst. So I started to look up the word thirst. What is this word thirst? He said that we should never thirst for anything. So what is it that we should never thirst for? What is this word thirst? And the word thirst means to have a strong desire. And so I said, a strong desire. So I thought about it. He's right. 
This world has a strong desire for a lot of things. We thirst and hunger after a lot of things. If you think about it, hungering and thirsting, a strong desire for a lot of things. Money, houses, relationships, strong desire for things that will not fill us. But God says, thou shall not thirst. Hunger and thirst after my righteousness. And his word says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after my righteousness. Not after this world, because this world, none of that stuff will fill us. Notoriety, none of that will fill you. These cars, these houses, he can take it away just like that. It's not, it's not ours. He gave it to you. It can be gone. He says, hunger and thirst after nothing but my righteousness. So why do we hunger and thirst after it? And as a matter of fact, this hunger and this thirst right? He says to drink and eat of me. So if you think about hungering and thirsting after anything, thirsting, thirsting, you think about being thirsty. As human beings, our bodies are made up of 60 to 70 percent water. And so naturally we are thirsty individuals, right? Thirsty. Why are we so thirsty? And in the natural, if we go without water, it can be a detriment to our bodies. Our bodies will start to shut down. And so we were not made to be thirsty. We're not. In the physical, we're not. And in the spiritual. So in the spiritual realm, if we go without filling ourselves with the spiritual, filling ourselves with the spiritual the living water that God provides that he's talking about in the scripture, we're dying. I heard Pastor Ned say in a, in a message years ago that if we're not growing spiritually, we are dying. We are dying. And if we don't fill ourselves with water in the, in the physical, we are dying. Your, your body can go without uh, food for 40 days. I don't know if I can go without food for 40 days. Jesus did it, but I don't know that I can go without it. I don't know, some of y'all might watch uh, Dr. Now. <laughs> Dr. Now um, is a show about losing weight, and, and he fusses with his patients about not eating. And they're like, I can't do it, I can't do it. He said, yeah, you can, go, you can go 40 days without eating. Well, we can go 40 days without food, but you can only go three days without water three days without water. And after those three days, you the first day you become a little sluggish. Second day, your organs will start to shut down and dehydrate it. And that's what happens when we start to push away from the things of God. We become dehydrated spiritually. God says that we shall, we shall not thirst. Thou shall not thirst. He, does, he did not design us to thirst after the things of this world. We should be engulfed in the things of God. And so where did it start? Where does this hunger and thirst start from? We know, we all know where it starts from. In Genesis, the fall of man. So we start in Genesis 2, 8, 10. So we had this lush garden, Genesis 2, 8, 10. Now the Lord God had planted a lush garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. 
The Lord, the Lord God made all kinds of beautiful trees to grow there, fruitful trees satisfying to the taste. In the middle of the garden, he planted the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Flooring from Eden was a river to water the garden. From there, it was divided into four branches. So again, mankind started out thirsty because of the fall of man. This was not God's original intent. Here we are, mankind, in the Garden of Eden, everything before them. And the Bible says that there was four branches of water in this garden, flowing, water in the garden, everything at their disposal. But here they are, thirsting after something that God says that you should not eat of. And that's what we do. God provides all that we need through Christ Jesus, but here we are hungering and thirsting after that, that which that does not satisfy us. Gives us a temporary fix, and then we keep going after it over and over again, just like Jesus tells this woman at the well. You'll be back because it's not going to fill you. So these things that we keep hungering and thirsting after in the world, relationships, cars, money, just like we go and buy bag after bag, clothes after clothes, shoes after shoes, my closet is a mess, a hot mess. I, I said I was going to stop, and I promise I, I stopped. I said I will not buy another item until the things that have tags on them have been worn. Why am I continuing to buy this stuff? Why? I don't need it. Why am I hungering and thirsting after things? Why? God has provided all that I need. We hunger and thirst after things that will not fill, and so we continue over and over and over again. Why am I in Ashley Stewart again? Why? It does not fill us. God did not create us to hunger and thirst after the things of this world. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that we were created by him for him. By him for him. And anything that we're hungering and thirsting after that was not created by him for him, it goes against his word. We're outside of his will. So guess what? You're going to keep on going back to that well, trying to get well, and you're not going to be well. Going back at one day after day, day after day. And so he says, come, eat, and drink of me. His word tells us that we shall not live by bread alone. Come eat and drink of me. He wants to fill us with living water. So he meets the Samaritan woman at the well. So in John 4, 5 through 8, we're just going to journey through the scripture really quickly. It says that Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field of Jacob that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. 
Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food. For it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And in the scripture, Sychar, Sychar means a state of confusion or a state of drunkenness or not of a sound mind. And if you think about it, this is exactly where Jesus Christ meets the majority of us. Now, some of us grow up in the church, and at a very small age, we get to know Christ. But for a lot of us, we're in that state of confusion, lost, don't know anything. And so Jesus meets us at the well. We are this woman at the well. And he meets us right where we are. And I don't know about anybody else, but I'm so glad that I was a Samaritan woman and he met me at the well to help me get well. Amen. Because, amen. Amen. Because I was, I don't know about anybody else, but I was also one that was thirsty. He met this thirsty woman going to this well over and over again but he says that this water that you're coming for it will not fill you this man that i was thirsting after for many years i thought that he would fill me and he said and i love him to death y'all know i love my husband he is the apple of my eye i love him but god said that which you're thirsting after if I make him your make him you make him your husband right now, you'll make him your God. And I can't have that. But he says, if you seek me first and my righteousness, then I'll give you everything. He says, put no other man or anything before me. So those things that we're thirsting after. It's not even, he ain't even going to give it to you, so stop thirsting after it. Nothing comes before God. Nothing or no one. You're going to continue to thirst after it. It does not matter what it is, who it is. It doesn't matter. And so he meets the woman at the well in her state of confusion, her drunkenness, her, her uh, confusion. And as a matter of fact, he talks about her and her five husbands, and I believe that he doesn't call it out to make her shame or to point out her living situation, but he points it out just to show her. It doesn't matter what state you're in, but to show her that, you know, that which you're trying to fear yourself, those relationships, it's not doing it for you. It's this living water that I want to give you, to fill you with, that's going to actually do it for you. Not that which you're trying to fill it with, and then in verse 9 through 10, she replied, Why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus replied, If you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. And then verse 11 through 12, the woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and the well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? 
Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it himself, along with his children and livestock? If you only knew who you were getting this water from, she has no idea. Just like most times the Lord will come to us, the Lord is trying to get our attention, and we have no idea. Because we're going about our way, not even paying attention to what God is doing, not even understanding what God is trying to do. She's thinking that she's talking to a prophet, not even at this point. She doesn't even know who she's talking to. She's just thinking that somebody's asking her for a drink of water. This is Jesus. Jesus, who's performed miracles, he can actually speak to this well and have the water come up in a cup and put it to his mouth and drink it. He doesn't even have to ask her. But he is at the well with purpose. He is at this well with purpose. This is Jesus. Just like he meets every one of us with purpose. He doesn't just show up where he shows up with you and I. There's purpose. He shows up at your front door with purpose. He shows up with someone with an encouraging word for you with purpose. He shows up to save you out of whatever you're in with purpose. It's with purpose. He has purpose. And then he goes, the scripture goes on in verse 13. Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again. You'll be back. But if anyone drinks this living water I give them, they will never be thirsty again. When, for when you drink the water I give, it will become a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, flooding you with endless life. The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to draw water. She's coming to her senses. She wants to drink this water. And he says it will be gushing, a bubbling flow of water, flowing of the Holy Spirit. And in the beginning, I talked about this, um, the garden, what God truly intended. And Ezekiel called it the garden of God. And when we as believers, baptized believers, accept Christ into our lives, that garden of God dwells on the inside of us. Bubbling on the inside of, of us. The Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit watered. And as believers, we ought to want the Spirit of God maintaining that garden, pruning, chipping away those things in, that are not of him, maintaining that garden. Ms. Liz Amos is not here, but I know she loves that garden. And with the garden, you have to keep it watered. And those, those um, leaves or uh, vines that are not any good, you got to clip them away. And so anything that is not of any good, you have to clip it away, keep it watered. God says that he is the vine and we are the branches. And anything that is not of good, we have to clip it away. Yes, we want to be watered by his presence. 
So in verse 19, he says that the, wo the woman changed the subject. I'm skipping down a little bit. The woman changed the subject. You must be a prophet. So tell me this. Why do our fathers worship God on this nearby, nearby mountain? But your people teach that Jerusalem is a place where we must worship. Who is right? Jesus responded. Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. You people don't really know the one they worship, but we Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is available. From now on, worship in the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but will be with, your, with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have a sincere worshiper, or excuse me, to have sincere worship, worshipers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. Worship is in our heart. It's not about where we worship. It's not about how we worship. It's not about a song. It's about what's in our heart. And in this hour, God is looking for true worshipers. It's an experience with the Lord. And it's about holiness with Christ. And it's, an about, it's about an experience with the one who created us. He's looking for true worshipers in this hour. And then the woman says in verse 25, this is all so confusing. But I, know, I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you're looking for. At that very moment, the disciples uh, return and Jesus is actually revealed to the woman at this very moment. She realizes that she is actually speaking to the Messiah and not just the prophet. And in our lives, we don't always recognize Jesus Christ when, when he is speaking with us or when the spirit is trying to wreck, um, bring something to our attention. We don't always get it. And she gets it. She got it. And at this moment, the disciples returns. She drops everything. She drops a jar and runs back to share the news. She realizes it. And sometimes it takes just a, a divine moment for God to get our attention. And it doesn't always come in the way that we would expect it to come. Yesterday, Dow shared, sometimes, you know, we, um, she talked about correction, and she talked about how it can come in many different forms. It can come from someone on the street, uh, many different forms, and we don't always recognize it because of how it can come or who it can come from, but we should, you know, be aware and uh, accept correction, accept a word. We don't know how it comes. But we have to realize that God can use anybody. So God used 
God used this Samaritan woman who, you know, in the, in the um, many different translations, it talks about how she was discarded and shunned in her uh, town. And, and God used the Samaritan woman to go back and share that she had had an encounter with the Messiah. And, and it goes further to say that many believed because of her encounter. And, and then it says that many believed because of her encounter. But then it also says that they not only believed because of her encounter, but they also believed because they also uh, had an encounter or uh, experienced Jesus Christ um, themselves. But I just, you know, thought about that myself. And the Lord was revealing to me that, yes, Tammy, you don't always uh, recognize what I'm doing. You don't always get it as well. And I believe that holds true for a lot of us. And he took me to scripture um, when Jesus was with the disciples and um, he was asking the disciples, um, who who do they say I am? Asking the disciples and the disciples are saying, they're saying that you're uh, Jeremiah and um, Elijah and some of the other prophets. And he says, Simon Peter, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter says, I say that you're um, the Messiah. You're the son of God. And he says, Jesus says, son, you have answered right. And he tells them, tells him that uh, Simon Peter, um, flesh and blood and man didn't reveal that to you. Only the spirit of God revealed that to him. And that is the same for us. Flesh and blood will not reveal these things to us. We can read our word. Pastor Ron can get up here and preach till he turns blue in the face. Um, you know, we can hear and listen, but it, it is only the spirit of God that re will reveal what it truly is that God would want us to receive. And even if it's coming through somebody that you may not think it should be coming from, it is the spirit that's going to reveal what it is that you should receive. And so he uses this Samaritan woman, and he goes, she goes back and shares the word, and many come back. And, and he just wants his people to not thirst after the things of this world. And so he says to come, eat, and drink of me. Thou shall not thirst after the things of this world. Thou shall not hunger and thirst after anything but to hunger and thirst after his righteousness. And soon, but very soon, and this scripture is not there, but we will at some point, the Bible tells us in Revelations 22 that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So what God uh, originally intended that um, garden, the, the rivers will flow at some point. But we can experience that here on earth. If we allow the Holy Spirit of God to bubble up inside of us and let the things of God lead us and guide us, let the Holy Spirit of God flow through us, let the Spirit of God lead us. 
and, and it'll, it'll be evident in our lives, in our lives. If the garden of God is living and alive in us, it'll be evident in us because that garden will produce the, the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, which is love, peace, joy, self-control. I pray that the garden of God will come alive in all of us and that we would not hunger and thirst after anything in this world, but that we would hunger and thirst after righteousness because the word says that blessed are those that hunger and thirst after his righteousness. Thank y'all. Give another round, church. Thirst. Thirsting only for the Lord. I thank the Lord for blessing us with First Lady, wonderful mother, wonderful wife, wonderful sister. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for always having my back. I thank the Lord for just blessing me with you. Before this, before bringing me forth as pastor of Capital City Church, um, I had a wife that would not compromise um, my way for the Lord's way. I wanted her to. I definitely wanted her to. I tried to get her to compromise my way, my way. And it hurt my feelings that she decided to put the Lord before me. I was hurt because I didn't know the Lord. I was hurt. I didn't understand. And when I got to know the Lord, I understood. I understood. 